You are now listening to Cyber Time Bite, hosted by me, Stephen Clark. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey there, everybody. Um, it's 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 Stephen here again for episode one hundred and thirty of Cyber Time Bite. Um, I'm going to let everyone know before we get started with this that you can go check out my latest appearance on Let's Chat with Chris Rebel, which will, you guys won't, I mean, you guys won't be able to hear this, you guys won't be hearing this until 2021, real early, like January 2001, 2021, I should have said that to my guests before we started recording, (laughs) but, um, yeah, you can check me out on there, it's really awesome, it's really cool, but today, I'm, today I'm with someone who is um related to someone who was the ringmaster at Ringling Brothers back in the day. I don't I don't know the time period. I should have I should have asked. But um is back in the day. She she's really nice. She's really awesome. She's currently in Mexico teaching people how to speak Spanish because COVID-19, you know how that is. Um today I'm with uh Heather Elizabeth Haskett today. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Man, it's been crazy, hasn't it, with this whole COVID thing going on and all that? Oh, unreal. Absolutely unreal. I, I saw a meme that just totally summed it up. It said, library closed for reorganization. Um, dystopia, end of the world fiction to be moved to current events. And I was like, yes. Like, that's what it feels like. It feels surreal. I mean, in the United States and now that I'm in Mexico, it's just just never thought in my lifetime but here we are no no you're in mexico though and you you were in the states now you're in mexico do you can you tell the difference between how covid's getting treated in mexico compared to how we're treated here in the states um i probably don't have a comprehensive understanding of it but i can tell you what i've experienced um most everybody wears masks uh it doesn't seem to be um something like that people perceive as like stealing away their freedom uh if they if they're made to make to wear masks mm-hmm. i could be wrong but from my perspective i do know that a lot of people will wear it like you know so that their nose is still showing which i think is kind of funny because it's not particularly effective but uh in, in my opinion what do i know i'm not a scientist mm-hmm. uh but it seems like everybody wears them and nobody seems to fight about the the point of wearing them and when i go into restaurants maybe not the teeny tiny ones but the bigger ones like they all take your temperature everyone takes your temperature wherever you go yeah. And they write down your name, your phone number, and your city of origin. Hypothetically, I, well, I mean, nobody's ever told me this, but I'm supposing that if there's an outbreak, then they can go and contact all the people and there's better tracking systems. So like that never, and they have, you know, hand sanitizer everywhere. And when you go into the downtown area where lots of tourists and people are, they have these like blow up, uh, almost like passageways that are inflatable. Yeah. And they spray um, disinfectant on you. So you have to walk through those every time you're going into like, and I thought, well, that's awesome. Like, at least in Florida, we did not have anything like that. Nobody took my temperature. In fact, some people fight to not wear their masks, which, whatever. Are you saying that they'd be like being inflatable things where they shower you with disinfectant? Yeah, I mean, it's like a mist. Have you ever been into like the theme parks where like you're standing in line and it's hot and then Disney just mists you? Yeah. It's like you're misted with disinfectant man that's it's not great on a day that's kind of cold like today <laughs> do you know what they should like here like here in the states they should, they should think about doing more stuff like that because that could actually work <laughs> yeah. yes well i do feel safer here like now i don't know the numbers i hear mexico has lower infection rates but higher well not higher but like high death rates which that doesn't sound very great and also i know they don't have as I think that they don't have as good of testing, like they don't test as many people. So I don't really know how they're comparing to the United States, but I personally feel safer in this little town than I did in Orlando, Florida. So um, so since you were born in Florida and you were raised in Florida, did you go to Disney or Universal a lot? Yes. Yes. And I don't ever go unless someone is from out of state and wants to visit. And then I never pay because if you live in Orlando, you have friends that work there 
And it's absurd to think about paying to get into that park. So usually I can find somebody who can get me and my friends in for free. Uh, and I remember multiple field trips as a child in elementary school to going to SeaWorld so we can study the animals or going to Epcot. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm kind of theme park out. Um, I do like Universal Studios, Islands of Adventure. If I had to choose a place to go, that's probably where I would go. But even that is like, oh yeah, again, because you live. <laughs> It's like it's like the it's like the inner it's like the inner never ending cycle of being like theme park after theme park. And you know, I don't know how people can tolerate paying that much money and spending that long in a line, like an hour and a half standing in line for some of these rides. And I'm just like, oh God. It just I just can't. I'm certain that I would do it for something in another state or another country that I'd never seen, you know, like <gasps> Oh, but it, it holds no fascination for me since I'm kind of over it. So, um, so like, oh, speaking of that, speaking of fascinations and other places that you've been, like, I mean, besides Mexico and besides in Florida and any art and all that stuff, where are places have you been, uh, been able, graced to be able to go to? Like, have you been to Chicago? Have you been to the Great Wall of China? Like, stuff like that? Yeah. So, as a child, because I was I was born while my parents were working on the circus. Mm -hmm. So how that worked is, um, and you, you said earlier, when, when were we there? We were there between, I think my, my dad started in 1976, late 1976. I was born in 77. And then I think we left the show in 85, something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, if my dad were here, he could tell you more details, but he's, surprisingly kind of shy about it like even though he was the ringmaster and you wouldn't think that with his persona but um so in my time with the circus i have memories of these places but apparently i've been to every state in the united states the continental united states because the train can't hop over the ocean and get to you know hawaii yeah that'd be crazy alaska but every state in the continental united states i have seen apparently um, and the way that it works is there were two units. There's a red unit and a blue unit. Mm -hmm. And we used to winter quarter, always in Florida. It used to be in Venice. Now it's in Sarasota, or it was because there's no circus anymore. Um, that was where they winter quarter every two years and they would write the next show and everybody would rehearse. And then the two, um, the two shows would go on different tracks. So like one would go to these cities and then the other one would go, you know, these cities in one year. And then they go the they go the opposite way, like the way that the other one went. So you had two shows that you could see. So it looked like every year you had a new circus, but really the show went for two years. Just this one went to like smaller cities, I think, and this one went to bigger cities, is my understanding. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I remember things like, you know, going to see Madison Square Garden. Um, I remember uh, like the White House. We did a show at the White House, um, not a full show, I think, but um, there was one, like during Easter, they had an Easter egg hunt out on the White House lawn and I was there and we did some sort of a show or we brought a donkey to the White House that got, <laughs> that escaped and was running around, which I thought was funny. White House like, donkey. We should have had an elephant and a donkey, like if it was gonna be like symbolic at the White House. Uh, I just remember we were taking a bus to the White House and the donkey like sat in the aisle part in the back. So like, what must that have looked like to people who are driving by? Like they see this bus and then this like donkey, just kind of like chilling, sitting he's like, in, the, in the back of the bus. He's like, hey, what's but, going on guys? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I have Niagara Falls, things like that, places that I remember being, but I don't remember all of them. Like if you ask me like, hey, have you been to blah, blah, blah in Ohio? Like probably, but I don't have a memory of it. Have, and then after that, I traveled all the time. So, I mean, like, um, I, I mean, like, I know that if I like say something, you're like, if you say like, like a certain place, you'd be like, oh, I don't know, but like, but I'm from Chicago. Have you been? Have you had any Chicago memories? I don't. I do know that we went there, but I have no Chicago memories except for I have a good friend from Chicago, so I think of him. But, uh, and I haven't, um, I haven't been back as an adult, so no. No Chicago memories. Yeah, because my of... dad 
has like this amazing memory though, like used to irritate my mom because he'd always be right. And so when we would stop at a place, if he'd been there once, he remembered how to get to everything. He remembered where the store was, he remembered where the blah, 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 how to get back here. And we had a, we had a guy, we had a truck or a, a what do you call it? VW bus, like one of those hippie buses. Yeah. Had like, look like Scooby-Doo mystery machine. Uh-huh. Had like the tire thing. And anyway, we would take it camping. Um, and when we were, when we were traveling and there wasn't enough time between the shows, like when we were going to the next state, mm-hmm. um, we'd ha- we'd hire someone to drive it. So we always had a car wherever we were. And my dad could just drive anywhere. And uh, I don't know if he'll like me telling the story or not, but they, call, they used to call it circus driving because he was always late. And in order to get back to the show on time so that he didn't get fired, because mm-hmm. he'd always like zoom in like five seconds before the show started, he would drive kind of crazy, sometimes maybe on a sidewalk. We called it circus driving yeah. to get back to the show. And then we'd put on his outfit and hat, you know, and then the poor producers like sweating bullets, like, where are, where are you? And my dad just walks out, you know, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, as if nothing, like as if he didn't just walk in two seconds ago. So I think he got in a little trouble for that every once in a while. Yeah, but he, but that just, uh, that goes to show that he's, he could go from being a parent to a ringmaster like that. Yes. It also goes to show that he was a little bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds crazy. <laughs> um, so. Yes, where else I traveled? I don't know. If, I mean, I've, did, I've backpacked through Europe. I'm in Mexico now. I've been to some of the South American, Central America. Which different places. What's your favorite what's your favorite place you have visited or wanna visit? Oh god, that's really hard. I think I don't know. The first place that came to my mind as favorite, but I don't know if it's actually my favorite, um, was Prague, just because it was so different and I didn't know what to expect. And I had been backpacking through Europe and most of um the time that I'd spent in Western Europe. So it was very like Roman architecture. And when I went to Prague, it was just so different mm-hmm. feeling. And because Hitler didn't bomb there at all, they didn't have have to redo the city at all. So it was like original and, and it just felt so magical. So I remember loving Prague. I love, I would love to live in Spain again because that's like my favorite place. Mm-hmm. Um, Mexico. I mean, last time I was here, I was in Oaxaca and it was gorgeous, which is part of the reason why I wanted to come back. I don't know. There, there's been something beautiful everywhere, but those are probably Cinque Terre in Italy. That was pretty gorgeous. Yeah. So. What um, now that you're in Mexico, do you, did you are you like like are you a big fan of Mexican food? Because you know Americans also love Mexican food just as much as the Mexicans. But like. Right. Oh, I love it. I mean, I have tons of allergies, so unfortunately, like, like I'm allergic to flour, sugar, and cheese. So the taco tortilla quesadilla like all of that unfortunately is out but mm-hmm. there's enough um an authentic mexican food isn't like taco bell so there's enough lovely stuff to choose from um that i am absolutely adoring it here so i very much like mexican food that's that's cool you were telling you're also telling me uh before before we started recording that you're also a huge coffee fanatic that you love all sorts of coffee Yes, and there's good coffee here. In fact, right down the street, like a block away, is a, my favorite cafe called La Mancha. And I sit there like every morning and they make me these coffees, these lattes with like designs in them. And I challenge them. I'm like, oh, make me a teddy bear in there. Make me a unicorn in there. I mean, it doesn't always look like a unicorn. It looked kind of like Alf. Remember the 80s character Alf? Yeah. And a llama mixed. But it was, it's hysterical. So every day I get like a new shape made in my latte. And really amazing people to talk to who want to talk like big ideas and philosophies and like metaphysics. It's lovely. It's difficult to talk metaphysics in Spanish, but that's partly why I'm here. Cause even though I was a Spanish teacher, I had like school Spanish, university Spanish and three months living 20 years ago in Spain. So I wanted to improve my level because I teach Spanish or I taught Spanish one and Spanish two, and we didn't often talk metaphysics. In Spanish one, Spanish two. It was like, where's the bathroom? Do you speak English? You know, what does your boyfriend look like? That sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, if, if we, so I don't know if you do this like in a newspaper or something, but I guess we can say it now. 
Uh, I can ask this now. What if there was a list of like the top five favorite coffee, the top greatest coffees you drink? What are the top five of your favorite coffees? Oh gosh, you know, I'm not a coffee snob. I have to tell you, as much as I, I love coffee, I'm not particularly like connected with a type of coffee. Like people are like wine connoisseurs. I'm not a coffee connoisseur. Like the embarrassing fact is, like I could drink gas station coffee that's the thing hasn't been cleaned in two years and it's been there for a week like and be happy and that's mm -hmm. that i mean saying that i've had this place that i love down the street they have a wall of all these different types of coffee makers that i didn't even know existed some of them look like weird like scientific experiments from you know star trek doctor who or something and yeah. so i'm going through like air press one i tried that the other day and that was it almost had like an undertone of like fruit taste to it it was great <laughs> and you know i usually have an americano or a latte in the morning um with soy milk or something but uh so now i'm starting to like at this particular coffee shop i'm trying all of the different ones and so probably in another month i could tell you what my top five favorites are yeah but really if you just inject caffeine into me i'm happy because because for because for me i mean like starbucks it's i like starbucks i like duncan we don't have tim horns where i live because there's some in the u.s but they're really far north but i really love their coffee if you ever had theirs mm -hmm. never had tim horns have you tried the the starbucks um uh nitro cold brew because mm, I'm more of a hot coffee person. <laughs> oh my god, you have to try it. It's good. It's so smooth because they brew it at a at a like cooler temperature so that the beans don't like burn kind of flavor. Mm -hmm. And it's so smooth that I because I don't drink it with cream most of the time. I don't drink it with sugar. I don't drink it with anything. And I actually took a sip and brought it back up to the counter and I was like, this has sugar in it or something and i'm allergic and they're like no it doesn't i'm like yes it does i can taste it and they're like no it's just sweet because we brew it at a at a lower temperature and they put it through a nitro machine so it's like you know how beer comes in a keg it's yeah. like coffee kegs like it's crazy it's a lot more expensive but yeah it's good that's crazy so so like um living Living um, in Mexico now uh, is do you, do you are you I know it's always hot down there because it's below the equator and all that stuff. Right, but I got a fire going because <laughs> it's a little cold today. How how nip how nippy does it usually get cold down there? Well, I've only been here three weeks, so I can't say that I have experienced like all of the weather. But like I read before I got here that it. Because where I am is north of Mexico City, yeah. and I'm in the High Plains area, so it's like I can see mountains in the distance. They're not real tall ones, but I can see mountains in the distance, and I'm toward the center. So the because we're at a higher altitude, it's it's cooler than Florida. Mm -hmm. um, it's not as humid. I mean, it gets just it gets hot, but it's not kind of like a humid. Uh, like a wet kind of hot, like it is in Florida. Mm -hmm. And in the morning it's cold, I'm I'm cold, but I'm also a Florida girl. So like, I'm thinking like in the forties somewhere, maybe low fifties. And then by the afternoon it's, um, uh, well, hey, I thought I turned my phone off, but alas, I know it is off. Um, <laughs> see if I were a teacher still and my students um, phone was ringing, I'd be, uh oh, detention. Um, so so in the afternoon i take off my sweater usually by one because it's too dang hot um to like subsist but here people are they're like insane like it's they consider it so cold that like in the middle of the afternoon when it is back to being hot i see them wrapping their children in snowsuits, and i'm like this child is going to die of heat exhaustion how are you doing this but they're even, I guess, more sensitive to the cold than I am as a Florida girl. So, but I do have my little fire on. Um, it. Do you um? Do you think that like um? Do you, oh wait, that that's not what I'm trying to ask. What I'm trying to ask is uh, 
What's the most popular thing in Mexico right now? Like, like, what are people talking about down there? COVID. COVID. Election. Election? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm an American, so what are they going to talk to me about except for the election? You know what I mean? Like, that kind of comes up, like, because mm-hmm. it's coming, and I see little signs like, you know, make tacos, not walls, <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> over here. Oh, man. Uh, so... But in terms of, like, I, I don't know that I can give you an accurate picture, because right now I've been here three weeks, and it's during the pandemic, so I haven't gotten to know that many people, because we're kind of staying inside a lot of times. So, since your first, since your first time being long, being staying long-term in Mexico? Yes. Yeah, when I went to Oaxaca before, or excuse me, Oaxaca, I stayed there two weeks, and that was like 10 years ago. So this will be the first time that I'll live overseas. I've stayed, like I studied in Spain for a semester in college. Last summer, I stayed the entire summer in Sweden at a working at a dance camp for swing dancing. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing. But this is the first time that I've like, I've gotten a temporary residence visa, looking for a job online uh, and going to try and live here for a while. What do you miss about Florida? At the moment, nothing, but it's only been three weeks. I mean, I miss my parents and I miss my friends. Um, I guess I miss, sometimes I miss, um, you know what I miss? I miss being able to go out at night by myself. Um, And I don't know how, like here, I think it's it's a little unwise for a single woman to walk around at night, which, you know, it's true in the United States as well. It's just that I know where to and not to. Um, mm-hmm. And in the United States, I had a car, so I drove almost everywhere. Here, I don't. So I think I miss a little bit of the freedom of just like being out and going to do things. But since most of it shut down in pandemic, it's not actually that different. Do you are you a uh, a fan of any like sports or anything like like a, like are you like a Tampa Bay Lightning fan or anything? No, I I am so sadly not. Uh, I, I like dancing. I consider that a sport. <laughs> like that's my favorite thing to do in the world. Uh, but like I could, I forget sometimes which are the Gators and which are the Seminoles. Which is like, oh, you know. And I and I don't know. Like I don't know anything about anything about sports because none of it interests me. What um, how long have you been dancing for? Like how how long has your dancing been? Uh, 2012, I started, um, mm-hmm. and it sort of did it obsessively every weekend of my life, pretty much up until the pandemic, um, and would go away for weekends to like dance exchanges and go to get lessons. And then the biggest thing I've done is going um, to the to Harang Dance Camp, which is the longest lasting uh, dance camp for swing dancing. It was actually established by. Um, some of the original swing dancers from the movies in the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s. So yeah. it's pretty darn. Like, it was is really awesome. This is the first year that they had to close down. Like I would be here. I would have been there this past summer, but because of the pandemic, there was no um, there was no opening it. So would would you would you want to dance if if Ringling Brothers had never closed down, they were still going on today. Would you want to take your dancing to that and like do some kind of dancing routine for them? You think? Um, I, you know, on and off in my life when I was younger, I had a thought about doing it. I always wanted to be in spec and be one of the girls who are like, does the, do the dancing with the ropes and the silks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like aerial kind of stuff. And, and I have, my plan is to get lessons in that at some point just to try it. But would I like to live on the circus? It would probably not. Um, and I think mostly because when I lived on the circus as a kid, my dad was a ringmaster. We had our own space. You know, we had a train, half a train car to ourselves. And it was kind of an idyllic way to grow up. You know, like I got to see every playground and park and whatever in the entire United States because my mom would take me everywhere. She didn't, she didn't have an act. So I had like full-time mom and mostly full-time dad because all he had to do was sort of put on the sparkly suit and and sing for the act. You didn't have to like care for animals or train or anything. Mm-hmm. So if I were working, I know that the, the life is a lot harder, you know, and the space that you have on the train 
is a lot less and the constant movement. Um, like I really, I like traveling. I like being kind of gypsy spirited, but I like also getting to know people and having friends in a place. And I think the constant moving, I think I would, I would get tired of. Yeah, I can understand that because when you're when you're locked your when you're locked into a single way of living, like on a train, going always going somewhere all the time, you don't really have time to really soak in who you meet, where you're at, anything. You're all it's like it's it's, it's the same with wrestlers. You, you you do the one city, and you go straight to the next. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I don't really know. It might be amazing, but I've not experienced it, so I can't tell you exactly whether I would or not. Now, but I, you know, I can tell you about what I remember from my childhood, but I don't know if I'd like it as an adult. I mean, I mean, like, uh, I no, I want to ask though, because I don't think I asked you about this. I mean, do you ever did did you ever find out whatever happened to those old railway tracks that those trains used to use to get everywhere, or do you now use for like a standard train? Not that like you know the carries like loads of stuff across America, you know. Did we use the same tracks? Is that what you're asking? Like, like, no, I'm saying like, are, are those old tracks that you guys used to use the carry the circus cars on now being used for like regular trains carrying loads from the, from the shore and all that? I, th- I think like, I don't think we ever had any special tracks for the, for the circus. I think it was just when trains were, you know, when trains were invented and then train tracks were being built, the circus converted to trains and so everybody used the same i mean to my knowledge but again mine is limited i don't think there are any special tracks for circus trains so we used what anybody else would have used and i mean i remember i remember being toward the back of the train at one point and people were always really excited to see the circus train just like oh look at the circus train but if they were late for work and i remember when our when our compartment was like way in the back you know by then they were kind of like I remember sitting, like looking at them off our vestibule, like, oh, they're irritated that the train is still going and they're late to work. So there weren't as many like, hi, toward the end. Yeah. So. Yeah, because, no, because I, because I didn't know there was like a special, I didn't know if you guys had like special train tracks that that you guys only used, but. No, I don't think so. In fact, I'm 99.9% sure, but like I said, because I giving you all this memory from between you know birth and six and a half mm-hmm. some of it off but I, I really don't think so so how so after you grew up after like after that was over and after you moved to florida how is the how was the transition for you between when your dad got done with the circus and you guys moved to florida and you started living like the nor- like more of a normal childhood where you weren't on a train all the time how how was that like for you? Did you miss it? Was it like you like was that like that's the only thing I ever known? So I'm I miss it or whatever. I don't have. I don't even remember it being an issue. Like I don't have any memories of going. Like I was so young. I I don't know why, but I don't like it. Just it we lived there and now we live here. Uh, I like think that. my parents really missed it. I know my dad missed it. He went from ringmaster to being a, a high school teacher, and though he liked um, he liked teaching drama a lot, like it was a very different dynamic, mm-hmm. had a lot more work involved, um, and you know, a, a bunch of teenagers, some of whom love you and some of whom don't, because you're assigning homework and you have to have you know things like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think he missed Joe some, and but I. I had a pretty magical childhood, like whether it was on the circus or growing up, my parents are wonderful. And they, my dad built me forts, these giant forts in our backyard. Like when I say giant, I mean like literally a giant fort. Um, he, that had like a slide coming off of it and a swing set and a zip line and a you know, trap door to get into it. Like, cause he could always build things. He, he liked to build everything. And he also built sets. So when he was a drama teacher, he was the, the tech person too. That's cool. And I just, I had really good memories growing up. Um, So I don't have a real, like, I don't even remember enough of it to miss it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in high school, when you got older and you got into high school and, you know, your last name 
is Haskett, and your father's name is also named Haskett, and he was the ringmaster for that very short time at Ringling Brothers. When you got older and you were in the high school and you said your last name, for people like, oh, I know you, your dad was the ringmaster in Ringling Brothers for that small time. Did that happen to you a lot? Probably because my dad wasn't the ringmaster for very long. Like, I don't have a whole lot of recollection of people remembering it. I mean, it's something about, like, my dad was a teacher at the high school that I ended up going to. Yeah. So because kids would know that his background was in the circus, when I came in that context of the high school, they were like, oh, you're Mr. Haskett's daughter. Oh, you grew up on the circus. That's interesting. But I think it was more like, oh, you're Mr. Haskett's daughter. Like, you're a teacher's daughter versus, like, oh, you're a you know, you grew up on the circus, but it's always like a curious piece of information when people find out. And if I don't think to tell them until like I've known them for a couple of years, then they're really kind of like, what? Grew up, because I don't think to talk about it that much. You grew up on the circus? And I was like, yeah, explains my weirdness. I was raised by clowns. You know, it's kind of the joke that I always go to. And then someone usually goes, what were you, the bearded lady? And I was like, oh, did I not wax enough? I can't, you know, that's generally how the jokes go when, when someone finds out, you know, that I grew up in the circus. Uh, but, and we did have some fans. Like I remember a family that came to visit us that like were big, big fans when my dad was traveling and then they moved to Florida and they came over to our house and it was sort of a little bit like, oh, like he was a, a star. But I think it's such a little niche. Like, it's not like my dad was on TV and and millions of people got to know him as this character on TV. Uh-huh. Like everybody remembers going to the circus when they were a kid, but they don't remember what the ringmaster looked like mm-hmm. or what his name was. I mean, do you remember what the ringmaster's name was when you went to see Ringling Brothers? I never, I never, you know, funny enough, I never actually got to go see one of their shows because I was too young and I, and I just, I saw the commercials all the time. I just never got to go to a show, yeah. but yeah. So, but yeah, I wouldn't remember even if I went. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it was like a, it was famous and, you know, a bit in some circles, but not like, not like, a, not like an actor or a famous, you know, politician or something like that, where people really see them all the time and know their name. So. One thing I got asked though, and I'm pretty sure most pe- people are in the circus who are involved in the circus saw it. <laughs> Excuse me. Um... Have you have you ever seen The Greatest Showman? Oh yeah, uh, on my dad's birthday, that's where I took him for his birthday and invited some of his friends, some of my friends, and uh, we all went to see it in the movie theater. And he liked it. You know, that, that's really old-fashioned circus because that was like when it was more of like carnival, mm-hmm. which is the circus's heritage. You know, um, circuses were not just about the talent people had, but sometimes it was about disabilities that they had and that was what made it like you could go and see this person who was a Siamese twin you could go and so Ringling Brothers by the time I was there that was you know that's nothing to do with circus anymore Mm -hmm. it's about people being their talents being able to train animals or their talents being able to do acrobatics so but but it was really cool like the music was lovely we had a wonderful time at it like it was just a fun thing to do for his birthday I mean, like, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure you weren't looking at like how accurate it was, it was, but like, was it pretty accurate? Maybe for the time, I, I really didn't like, I didn't go researching it. Um, I just know I like Hugh Jackman. I think he's a good singer, and I liked. It, we were all pleasantly surprised with it because we weren't sure if it was going to be good or corny, mm-hmm. and we all liked it. But in terms of accuracy, I don't know, like. I read a book like Water for Elephants and in terms of accuracy, like, again, that's an old, that's an old version of like, we didn't get on there till the seventies. And there was so much different between, you know, the circus of the depression or the circus before it was combined Mm -hmm. Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey. And when it was more like a a carnival freak show kind of thing, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Now, now when you were growing up and you got to like, more being an adult and like and you and you knew that your dad was the ringmaster and there was the circus part of your life that's always going to be part of your life was that like oh that was my past and that's like your thing but i had my things and they're over here like did, did it not really consume your life as much as you thought it would when when you grew up like you thought like oh i'm gonna love the circus it's gonna be like 
I'm gonna love it like for the rest of my life because I was part of it and I got the ashy down. I didn't even think about it. No, like I don't even know that that crossed my mind. Like, it just was, and we didn't even go to the circus that much after the fact. Like after we got out of the circus, like really, we didn't go every year. Mm -hmm. um, I had a friend whose dad uh, was pretty high up. I think he was like second only to the to um, the owner, and he he was in charge of getting new shows and producing and all that sort of stuff. So our connection with her, she came and visited me almost every summer um, because I grew up with her when we were on the train and we were the same age. But we didn't necessarily go to all the shows. Sometimes we would go to a show. Um, so I didn't really think about it. Like I didn't think my life would be absorbed with it or, and there've been times, I mean, there've been times when I felt conflicted um, in, in our experience, people treated the animals with complete love and, and care. And, you know, this was part of their act. So it was something that, you know, you wouldn't mistreat an animal that was part of your family and part of the act. So I never, and my dad never personally saw anybody um, hurt any of the animals, like, you know, in, in like the water for elephants um, story. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I'm certain there are evil people in all walks of life. But I have had conflicted feelings like, well, should an elephant be on a train, even if it's treated really, 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 really well? You know, like, I don't know. Uh, so it just, it's not like I've had this love of the circus that has been so ingrained in me. Most people's families have been circus families for generations. Like, it goes back in time. Their parents just were, years. their parents' parents were. And my dad was just, my dad was an actor um, trying to, to make it locally in, in commercials and, um, and doing gigs and stuff singing. And then he got this great opportunity to work at Circus World, which was a theme park based on Ringling Brothers. Yeah. And when he was being the ringmaster for that little outdoor show for kids there, um, the owner of the circus saw him and offered him the show yeah. uh, to travel on the red unit. So our family wasn't steeped in it the way many families were. And it took a while for people to open up to us because we weren't circus folk. You know, it wasn't like they were, they didn't like us or they were bad. It's just, we weren't part of that culture. Um, so it took a bit. I think they wanted to see if he'd stick around for more than just one. Um, you know, like they, they went in two years. Um, you did a show for two years. So did you stay longer than just one, you know, show? Did you make it to the next one? Did you, you know, you have, so. You have to earn their respect. Yeah. Yeah. I, because like, you know, when it's, it's like when you're like the new kid in town, you just automatically don't get there. So you got to earn the respect and you guys obviously have done that because you're, I mean, let's just be honest, your dad's going to be ever forever going to be ingrained in the history of ringmasters of that company, which will be, I'm pretty sure will be forever grateful in you for the rest of your life. You know, it was cool to be part of that. It really was like it is something unique about my childhood, about my past, uh, something that my dad is very proud of. And he was a really good ringmaster. Like, I know I'm partial, but I think he was the best ringmaster. Um, so it's it's a neat family. Um, it's just it's an interesting piece of, you know, interesting fact about my family. So. Were you glad when? Were you glad when eventually down the road they finally got to, they got to introduce a a female ringmaster like female power finally got in the ringmaster position? I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was sad that it was like so short before like you know the whole circus sort of imploded or just, it just it wasn't viable anymore and it went under. But um, but I I thought it was really cool to have a girl um, ringmaster. I don't know that I would ever want that position because I did not inherit, um, I did not inherit my dad's singing voice. The only singing I do was for the, my students to torture them. <laughs> torture singing. Yep. Yeah. So what, so um, not, now I'm not saying like, because you live in Mexico, Mexico, Mexican food's your favorite, but like, what is your favorite food in general? Like what do you like? Like what's your favorite Sushi. thing? Sushi. What yes. kind? Uh, well, it's because I don't eat so many things. Uh, most of the time I like uh, rainbow rolls and avocado rolls because uh, a lot of times sushi will have cream cheese and I can't have that. Um, or it'll have a sauce like eel sauce 
when I could eat it, it had some sugar in it and I loved eel sauce. So I love black and white rolls. Um, when I was eating more dairy, I would love volcano rolls, which is like, so not, I mean, that's such an American version of sushi. It's like you take sushi, which is such a healthy food, raw and, and just good for you. And then you Americanize it and you put it like you fry it up and then you put all this mayonnaise kind of seafood sauce on top and like, yeah, it's amazing, but it's like the Outback Steakhouse cheese fries version of sushi. And before I had all my allergies, I'm not going to lie. I liked it. You know, one of the things that you said earlier that I just want to say, yeah, it just reminded me of it. You asked when you were introducing me, you said that I was teaching Spanish, mm-hmm. which is vaguely true because there is one American family that during the pandemic wants me to teach them um, because they can't really go out. Mm-hmm. But mostly I'm going to be teaching English because it's it's a funny thing to be, you know, a little American girl teaching Spanish in a country where it's beautiful, beautiful Spanish is spoken, amazing teachers. So I'm sort of teaching intro to this one family, but the rest of my teaching has been, I'm teaching English. Like I'm volunteering for an organization called Jóvenes Adelantes. So I'm teaching um, my student Felipe uh, English and I'm teaching um, some other little kids English, which, you know, seems silly to, to come to this country to teach people Spanish. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, have you ever want? I, have you ever wanted to go to like San Clos, Indiana, or North Pole, Alaska, like those Christmassy themed towns before? Do you ever want to check those out? Well, I mean, there's really not many places in the world that I don't want to try. I mean, there's a couple mm-hmm. that I would like to stay far away from, just because they're dangerous. But um, none of those have like really tweaked my interest because I ha- I am I'm not a girl who likes the cold um, and. I get like just being in Sweden over the summer, over the summer, it was cold enough that like my nose was bleeding and my fingers were cracking and I'm like bundled up. There's a silly little Florida girl who can't take, who can't take the cold. So like hypothetically, it'd be fun to visit there if I could like go around in a poke mobile that had heat the entire time. <laughs> so we get out and snow every once in a while and then back in my little heated poke mobile. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of not. A cold weather girl. So, so it's safe to say you're not, you wouldn't be you went farewell in five feet of snow. I'm only five foot three, so I would really not farewell. I mean, I feel like just as much of me would even be showing. So, yeah, no, it's not my thing, and I don't know how you guys do it. Just I imagine where, I don't even remember where you said you live, but it snows where you are, Chicago, right? Yeah, Chicago. So, do you like waking up in the morning and having to like heat your car and like? etch it out of ice before you can drive anywhere well i mean well the crazy thing is that where i mean like where i live i mean like i mean like yeah it's nice when i look out my window and i see like all the snow it looks pretty but then when you actually gotta go out into it and actually probably shovel it then that's the hard part i did go i had a friend who had this amazing house and their house was so amazing i mean it had like it had an elevator and i mean like hello shut the front door, had an elevator in the house and outside the driveway was heated. So you could like flip a switch and like melt the ice on your driveway. I could possibly be down for that, but that, that that is this, like, I didn't know that exists. I didn't either. I did not either, but it did. I mean, like, um, I mean, like, I mean, like Chicago. I mean, Chicago can get really can get really cold. I mean, like I mean, we I've seen crazy low temperatures, where like where like it's like they told you not to go outside because it's that dangerously cold. Mm-hmm. But there was yeah. a, there was a story I wanted to share with you about the snow. If I, if you're all right with that, I would love that. Um, so I was working one time because I work at a grocery store, and um, it was winter and it snowed like crazy, and the plow truck didn't come through the parking lot. And I was supposed to be outside pulling in the carts. And so the plow didn't come. And so I had to take a shovel and the thing to hold my carts and take the shovel like that and literally shovel my way from the parking lot. (laughs) You couldn't pay me to live somewhere cold like that. Like, that's just painful. I I mean, people lose their like appendages from being too cold. Like, I like my fingers. I like my toes. I like 
my nose. Like, I don't want to lose any appendages because it's too cold. Yeah, there's some conditions where people can't even move their hands because of how cold it gets. No, thank you. Well, I moved to Mexico. I did not move to the North Pole. <laughs> no, you can move to it with Santa. Made for no, with all no. the elves. They don't come and visit me in my house. I don't care, please. He, he can come down, but I don't want to go where he lives. Favorite, favorite holiday, then? What's your favorite holiday? Uh, well, I mean, Christmas is probably, it's probably an even tie between Christmas because Christmas is family. Christmas is so many beautiful traditions. It's always having a party at my parents' house with all of our friends and a band. And it's, I love giving presents and I, and, and I'm, um, I'm a Christian. Uh, and so to my faith, it's important, mm -hmm. but in terms of just fun, I like Halloween. Like I'm, I'm crazy about dressing up. I, I usually have two, three sometimes four costumes a year, like, cause if I go to different parties, I can't wear the same costume. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's probably my favorite just because I get to be so creative, but, um, but I do love Christmas. So those two. So you technically cosplay, you technically do that. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you which one, like if you said, Oh, you only get one Christmas is going to be cut or Halloween is going to be cut. I, I don't know. Like, I love both of them. No, no, no. And I'm excited to do Day of the Dead here for the first time, although I've been told that it's going to be nothing like normal because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But still, I'm excited to be here for some form of the, the holiday. No, because no, because you were saying about Halloween, how you do different costumes because it can't be the same mm -hmm. one. So you technically, yeah. so you technically cosplay. <laughs> technically. Oh, cosplay. I didn't <laughs> hear cosplay. Um, yes, kind of. I... I think I would absolutely love cosplay, um, but I'm not as into like most of the things that people cosplay. Like, um, I love Star Trek. I will cosplay Star Trek. In fact, I have uh, many photos of my 39th birthday, which was Star Wars versus Star Trek um, dance throwdown. And so you came to my party and you were dressed as either one, and we it was a big full swing dance, and you had to bring food that was like, like the theme was Star Wars or Star Trek. Whoever brought the best food got, they won a prize. I had like an oven mint that was Spock. Yeah. And I had these little ice cube trays that were like the Death Star. Those were the prizes. And and you won a trip to um, Universal Studios. Mm -hmm. if you won the costume contest. And I was um, I was from Deep Space Nine because I love uh, I love Trill characters in Deep Space Nine. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm not kind of nerdy on the Star Trek. And I'm a big um, next generation. That's my thing. But in terms of like the the cosplay with um, like comic books and the cos, you know, like I, I just don't know them. But if you told me about them and you said, "Hey, Heather, you want to dress up?" I'd be like, "Yes." There's a costume, and I can make it. Yes. <laughs> so. Like, because you know, anime is the big one that everyone cosplays from. I don't know if you're an anime or if that generally interests you, but. Not really, and that's what that's what I say. Like most of my friends that do cosplay are kind of into that, and I, I just never did. There's something wrong with it. I just never got into it. I also because I swing dance, I also dress 1940s, anywhere between the 1930s, actually 1920s, because I do flapper. So 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, and 1950s. I have authentic clothing from that time period that I've collected. I have repos that I've bought, and I will always do my hair up in like victory rolls or. Gibson buns or the the flapper kind of wave. Um, so I do, yeah, I, it's kind of a cosplay in a way because when I go swing dancing, I want to be dressed like the time period. Yeah, you should, uh, wait, when when conventions start opening back up after pandemic, you should, you should like go to convention as like these many different arrows things and then like that would be, that would actually be pretty cool. I would love it, yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know if they do a lot of it here in Mexico, but we'll see. What kind of um, what kind of music are you into? Like, what do you, what do you like listening to? Oh, I love blues. I love blues, and and I love big band air swing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a child of the '90s or a teenager of the '90s, so like all of those that remind me of my high school years, you know, like Ten Thousand Maniacs and um, 
some of the grunge bands. Um, I like, I also was a kid in the eighties. So like, I will rock out to some Madonna um, and Tears for Fears. And like, I, I pretty much like almost everything. I like um, reggaeton Latino. Um, and I like, I like old school rap, <laughs> like yeah. really dorky stuff like uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, you know, <laughs> but you know, and then some of the, the other stuff that was out in the time period. Yeah. Um, there's really not a whole lot that I, that I dislike. I mean, I can't say that I have a lot of music that I listen to that's like gangster rap. Like, it's not that I don't like it. I just can't say that I have a lot of it that I just put it on and listen to and jam out. So, I'm not. I don't like rap either. That's never been my thing. I'm more of a like. I like hair metal, as they call it. Like like, oh, I, like 80s hair bands. Yeah, like yeah, like I like rock. I like. I don't. I don't like that screamo stuff. Like I can't get behind any of that. Um, I like 80s music, too. 90s. Um, I know blues is what inspired a lot of these bands into like that's where it, like started like with Elvis yeah. and all of them and it like inspired them to be what they wanted to be. Um, have you ever wanted to be in a band? Like, has that ever crossed your mind of ever doing making music? No, because I can't sing. And when I was a kid, I got years of piano lessons that I fought and you know fought with my parents about practicing and I was like I don't want to. And sort of gave it up in sixth or seventh grade. They let me finally stop. And so now it's like I can play half of one song. Would I like to be in a band if I had musical gifts? Yes, but I don't. So it would be pretty funny. I'm not sure what maybe be the triangle. Ding, ding. <laughs> or cowbell. I could play the cowbell. Like enter the reaper. Or is it enter no. the? No, uh, no. What, what was the name of that song? Um, don't fear the reaper. Don't fear the reaper. Yeah, like I love that. A cowbell sketch from Saturday Night Live, so I could play like cowbell, but that's about it. Yeah, you can. You, I mean, you can. No, you can do the triangle solo. Yep, triangle solo and cowbell solo. That that is the most. Otherwise, I could learn sign language and sing with my hands, and that would be the prettiest sound that you could not hear out of my voice because my voice. How do you sing with sign language? Like I don't know. Like you can. I mean, there are translators. Like if you go to concerts, there are translators, and they're. I don't know, but I, the, the, reason I, the reason I made the joke is because like, you don't want to hear my voice. So the closest singing that anyone would want to hear would be sign language singing. Um, what, uh, what, what is your, what is your favorite thing about, about Mexico so far? I mean, for the three weeks you've been there, is there anything that, besides the coffee, has there been anything <laughs> that, that would have been like, oh my God, that's amazing. Uh, yes so many things. Um, what I've liked most is that the city is so um, filled with people. It's walkable. Like in Florida, you just don't walk like places. Everybody drives everywhere because it's just so spread out. Mm -hmm. So I love that it's like a little city. Um, every day, everybody's walking. Cobblestone streets. Everywhere is beautiful. I mean, beautiful architecture from hundreds of years ago. And the people that I've met are so open and so friendly. And like, you know, I don't often walk down to a cafe in Florida and then like just start up a conversation with people who go there every day. Like my little cafe has like lots of different people who come, but like literally I can count on seeing the same 10 people at some point in the day at this cafe. And we can talk about books. We can talk about philosophy. We can talk about politics. And there are probably places like that in the United States, but Orlando is very transient. Lots of tourists, um, people who are have moved there for work, so they don't have like long generations of families living there. Mm -hmm. um, most of them are like retired from New York, New Jersey, or you know wherever. So I'm kind of an anomaly when people say, "Where were you born?" And I was like, "No, I, I was born in Florida." They're like, "Born in Florida? You didn't move there?" Um, so I think people don't have the the connections to community in many places in Florida, not all of them, littler, littler towns, yes, but not in the bigger ones. Mm -hmm. So I really like that, um, that aspect of having been here only three weeks and I have people who are watching out for me. I have people who are trying to help me find a new place to live because I'm moving from where I am now. Um, 
that just met me and they're just kind souls. So. Have, um, is, is Kachina art really, really, uh, really popular down there or is that an Arizona thing? I don't know the answer to that. I can pretend like I do and answer it, but I don't know. Um, so, so like does is the coffee, like, I mean, is American coffee like taste different from Mexican coffee? Cause I don't know if like Mexican coffee from where you drink your coffee tastes different from when you drink it in America from any random place. Well, I think, um, because, uh, the world is so international now and you, you get beans from all over the place, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't necessarily think coffees taste very different, except for um, American coffee is kind of unique because we make it in, you know, in our American coffee pots and it's mostly water. Mm-hmm. Like it has a lot more water in it. And, um, and I found that in Europe and in South and Central America, it's more of like espresso um, and, you know, like a, a richer, um, stronger coffee and they have what are called americanos like so i usually and i usually order an americano which what americano is is like a shot of espresso and then you add water to it you don't actually make it in the american coffee pot but you might make an espresso shot then you just add hot water and it it got its name during world war ii when the american soldiers came over and they ordered coffee they would try to get coffee and it wasn't like what they remembered you know in their little folgers yeah instant or whatever, they probably didn't have instant, but like, and so they would ask water to be added. And so in Europe, they just started calling them Americanos because Americans wanted their water, their coffee watered down. So that in that sense, I've also found recently, at least in this, as I've been traveling in the last two or three years, a lot of people in Europe and a lot of people like at home will, will buy instant coffee. And that's weird to me because like, I don't I don't like instant coffee. So in in the United States, when I'm going to a friend's house and they offer me coffee, they don't usually offer me instant coffee. So it's weird. Like in the cafes, I find the coffee better. And then when I go to someone's house, if they offer me a coffee and it's instant, I'm like, I mean, I'll I'll drink it. Remember, I am not a, you know, I I will drink anything with caffeine, but um, it's not my favorite. How about uh, about the K-cup, like the K-cup machines? Do you like those? Um, I, you know, they're easy. I don't really like them in the sense of the, the waste that they are. So when I do buy them personally at home, cause I had a K cup, I would buy the ones that were recyclable mm-hmm. and they, you know, like, or I would buy the one where you could put the little, your own coffee stuff into it. And then, so for, in terms of like pollution and, and trash and all that, I don't care for them. But if you're asking like, if it didn't hurt the environment at all, do I like them? Yes. There's nothing better than just sticking it in push go and then like 10 seconds later you have a cup of coffee and your brain starts working as opposed to what I do now which is like go fill up the um teapot get out the you know the french press and sometimes I'm like so (laughs) half asleep that yeah but it tastes better tastes better all in the end (laughs) so man we're roughly coming up to an hour on this Man, that that sure did fly, am I right? I know. And we talked beforehand even more about the circus, so I don't even know how much we talked about the circus on the part that's been recorded. I can't remember which is which, but it was fun. Uh, I wanted to ask, um, was there anything you wanted to ask? You wanted to ask me? Um, just Not that I ran out of questions, but I was wondering if you had anything you wanted to ask me. Well, I, I was curious as to how um, you got your show started and how you pick your guests and why circus came up as, you know, as a possibility, because, because you sort of friended me on Facebook or asked me, messaged me. And I was wondering what, you know, what is your show normally like and why you decided to try and contact me and my dad? Well, I, um, well, I'll start out with why I try to contact you if you guys, it's because, um, I tried contacting your dad because I thought like, well, because I found the photo, like I like I don't think I recited that here on here until right now, but I found the photo of your dad when he was in the circus out of a Milwaukee newspaper when you guys were. I don't know if you were born yet. You probably were when this when the photo was taken, but um, 
you guys were going, it was coming through Milwaukee and, and the paper was reporting about it. And it was an old art, and it was an old picture of him, like, just, you know, like, his hands out, and, like, everyone in the band, and there was clowns all around. And I sent my friend the photo as a gift, and I was like, huh, I wonder if I can, I wonder if, like, I, I didn't know if he was, I, nothing against you or your dad, I didn't know if he was still alive or not, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, he could have passed away, but, he, but he's still alive and kicking. Yeah, yeah it's a... And so I found him on Facebook, and I thought, like, you know, I thought he'd be cool to interview, you know, like, like he because it sounds like he'd be very informative and stuff. And so well, I'll try and get him to come in, but he's a little shy, so he might not. <laughs> Let me, I'm gonna grab the picture so I can show people. This is what I bring with me. I, I broke the frame, but last picture of my dad is probably my favorite picture of him. Okay, my professor that really lovely picture of him yeah it's it's that's a that is a really nice photo i like that photo i mean i mean like but but then but then i but then i found but then i think i don't know i mean because your last name was haskett too on this friends list and i was like oh i wonder if they're like they're obviously related and so and so and so i thought like you know that you both would want to come on because i thought that would be cool yeah and um you know, and then that didn't happen. Obviously, we we got in contact. I had you come on, like we are doing right now, and it's been it's been a very it's been a very nice time. You know, talking with you and all that stuff. Thank you. It has been for me too. I've enjoyed it. For the for your the other half of your question of how I started this, basically, I mean, basically, it's a, I, hopefully, hopefully, this is a bummer down saying it now. It's only it's audio only. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so showing the picture. <laughs> well, it's a cool picture, people who are just listening. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I'm sorry to break that to you now. I should have said that at the beginning. Oops. That's okay. I don't care. But um, but yeah, I mean, like um, if you want, you can hold the picture and or you can send me the photo or something. I can post it on the Facebook page. When I post this interview up. Okay, I'll ask my dad. Yeah, and um. I mean, like, I've been doing this show for almost three years. I'm, you know, 130 episodes in now as I upload this. And, um, it, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, like, I've been doing it for, doing it for so, doing it for so long. I mean, like, it's the biggest hobby I have. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who's your favorite or one of your favorite people that you've ever interviewed? Oh, favorite people I interviewed. I had so many. I had so many people. Um, I uh, one. I mean, I had I had like wrestlers on this show because I'm a wrestling fan. So I had a few wrestlers on my show, I, which I can't believe it even happened. I mean, that's that, awesome. That's crazy. Uh, it was a big. I had a great time interviewing you. I think this was fun. Um, I actually have a friend who actually cosplays as a ringmaster. Yeah. And and as she has sort of dreams of becoming a ringmaster herself. Oh, that's awesome! I actually went. You know how I love cosplay and how I love Halloween. Yeah, I have been um, a ringmaster one year, and my sweet ex-boyfriend at the time um, deigned to be a, a lion. So that <laughs> poor guy, like. <laughs> It was, it was very sweetly went along with me because I like to go all out, like go big or go home. So I had my ringmaster outfit. He had he was the lion. <laughs> yeah, because because it's just like cosplay in any sort in any sort of the way is like it's like crazy good no matter what you know what I'm saying. I mean, like I mean, people can go all out or people can be really simple, but mm-hmm. um. But like, what's the what's the most craziest outfit or costume that you went all out on? Uh, probably as a kid, because my parents always did amazing costumes with me too. So as a kid, it was probably the year that I was either a genie on a flying carpet, where like they took this big board, um, very thin boards like plywood. Mm-hmm. cut a hole in the center of it and then affixed it with uh, suspenders like kind of thing to me and then dressed me up as a um as a you know 
the top part of me and then made fake legs out onto the onto the board and then yeah. covered it you know with like a cloth so my feet underneath you couldn't see me walking mm-hmm. so i pretended like it was a genie on a flying carpet and then the next year it got converted into my friend and i being um together and i put the board on my shoulders and they put a plat platter over my you know like a I was supposed to be a plate, like a head on a plate yeah. with a cover. Mm-hmm. And she had put um, football, um, what do you call it? The shoulder pads on her head. And then we put a dress over her. So she looked like a headless person and she was pushing it and she'd open it up. And I was like, I was like in fourth grade, like dinner served. So that was probably the most fun as a kid. And as adult, I was really proud of my bride of Frankenstein and Frankenstein costume because I used my own hair and got like a Pepsi bottle that I had cut off the top, yeah. put it on my head with a net um, and pinned it and then took my hair and like, seriously, it was like Marge Simpson-y kind of height with the stripes. So I was particularly fond of that one because it was my real hair. Thank, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, so let's see, where are we, where are we on, on the time, <clears throat> on the time frame? An hour or six minutes. All right, we probably need to wrap this baby up. Wrap this baby up. Yeah, roll, roll like a sushi, am I right? <laughs> like a sushi except for i don't want to eat raw baby so yes <laughs> <laughs> oh man well um thank you for such an amazing time you've been amazing thank you for this it was very fun thank you for inviting me um my if i do my outro and i let you do yours that's all right sure um thank you everyone for listening to cyber time by episode 130 uh you can find me on Facebook at CyberTimeBite. Follow me on Twitter at NostalgiaMant. Buy all my merchandise at Crash Even Gear, where even you know the spork is the most powerful of them all. <laughs> um, it's all amazing. Go check it out. How about you? Where can people go and find you on the social media if people want to figure out about you? I don't, like, I don't have a little spiel like that, and I have a Facebook page, but... Yeah, like there's really not a place to find me. But um, I suppose if you wanted to friend me at Heather Haskett, that would be okay. If I don't know you, I might not accept. But hey, just say you heard about me on a podcast and I'll maybe correspond and say hi. But I don't have anything fancy like he has. So having said that, the end. That is me. You, you don't have like a Facebook page or anything for like your studies or anything or for where people can contact you if they want to I mean, no, I just have a personal Facebook. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not fancy and I don't even check it that often. And it's not because I don't like it. It's not that I don't like Twitter or Facebook. It's that I get lost in it, like almost addictive. And sometimes I watch other people's lives on this little screen more than living my own. And so I have to like take time away from it so that, okay, Heather, let's go out and live a little bit, not just sit in your room looking at Facebook. So, so yeah, nothing, nothing fancy, but. Well, that, well, that's great. Well, um, I want to thank everyone for listening to this. And I hope everyone here has a fantastic day. Have a good one. <laughs>